The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Susan J. Marks, uh, who is a, a writer. Her latest book is called Aquashock. The Water Crisis in America. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you, Jordan, for inviting me. Let's just start off with the, uh, the, the basic situation here. Uh, you, you go through in this book what you call liquid gold at the beginning. Uh, tell us a, briefly, before we get into the details, of what the, the water situation is in America's supply and demand and, and what the problem is going forward. Uh, well, basically, the United States is, and the world are, is running out of what once was a... Uh, fully replenishable resource. We've um, overused the water. We've built up an over-Earth's natural ability to replenish its water supplies. Uh, population growth is, um, is phenomenal, but we have a finite supply of water. When you have um, the dem- growing demand plus limited supply, you're going to have, you end up with a shortage and conflict over what's left. So you, that's where we stand today. We use a mind-boggling amounts of water every single day. Uh, we use water to produce our energy. We use water to to produce our food. We use water to to manufacture our goods. We use water to to deliver the water that we drink. We we use water for everything. People don't often don't, and that doesn't even include the individual amounts of water that each of us uses. So there's many reasons we're running out of water. Uh, if you'd like me to go into them now, I can't. I can go into a well, few we'll now. Go into it in some detail. You say that that the demand for water is already causing what you call water wars. Just give us, a, you have what you call water tales having to do with water wars. Just give us a, an example or two of some of the kind of skirmishes that are going on around water these days. Well, some of them are, you know, shoot out the OK Corral. Uh, India, they're, they're attacking water tankers because, um, or they're rioting because the uh, power went out, but they don't care that they don't have the electricity. What the problem there is that they don't have the electricity to pump the water up from their wells. Uh, here in the United States, we have we have people that, that actually fight over water. Uh, where I live here in the West, it can get kind of nasty. Most often, though, we have the water wars we have today are going on in the courts and, and in the legislatures and things like that. I mean, you know, we have Georgia disputing a, 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 18, a survey from the 1800s, a land survey, claiming that they want part of Georgia back. So we could have Chattanooga, Georgia before we're done. So it, it just it, the people just are fighting over it because we all need water to live. Every human being, every living thing on this earth um, needs water. Uh, my, my great line is that water is a new oil, but unlike oil, there is no alternative. We can't manufacture water. But you can desalinate water. water, right? I beg your pardon? You can have desalinization of water. We can have desal- desalination of water, and in fact, it is a growing industry, but there's problems in and of, with, with desalinization, too, because you have, you have a byproduct. It uses a tremendous amount of energy to, to desalinate water. Granted, I just re- read yesterday they're coming out with techniques that use a little bit less energy, uh, but, but it uses a tremendous amount of water 
to deset to create the energy to desalinate the water. And then after you desalinate the water, after you take the salt out, you have a byproduct that is intensely salty brine. And there have been there are people that um, that raise the issue that perhaps that what's left there creates another problem. I, I've I've read about people talking about the the brine with a put it back out in the ocean, it affects the ecosystems in the ocean. So, you know, it, everywhere you turn with water, there is a problem, and there are, there are problems, and there are solutions that we haven't even invent, invented yet. And therein lies the, the opportunity for investment, the opportunity for jobs, if you, you bet on the right type of investment. We'll, we'll get into that in some detail here. Mm-hmm. You talk about the new way of life of using uh, less water. What kind of progress is being made on that front? Well... You know, I wrote Aquashock, as the title implies. I wanted to shock people into the realization we have water issues in the United States. Um, because the biggest, one of the biggest obstacles to solving a problem is first recognizing that a problem exists. And I'm sure as you drive along the street in a, in a pouring rainstorm and people's sprinklers are going off, you wonder sometimes whether people actually recognize that we have a shortage of water, of fresh water. Um, um, people have made a difference. I mean, Certainly, if you, if you go back, you know, 30, 40 years, river, the Cayuga River in Cleveland used to catch on fire from the, from, because it was so pollution-choked. Lake Erie was dead when I was growing up. Uh, today, they're, they're both vibrant waterways. But it doesn't mean we don't have problems with them. So we make progress gradually, but, you know, it's the old saying, for every step forward, how many steps back do we go? <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying, you're advocating in this book that we need to change uh, the way we... Uh, Create water and the way we use it in various ways. What are some of the things that you're recommending that we do to use our water more efficiently? Well, I, I, I'm suggesting these are ways in which people have shown that there are that there are um, solutions to the problem. I, I, I prefer to not not say that I'm telling people to do things I, because Aquashock really is just designed to give you some ideas. But you know, businesses can can use less water if they if they. Talk about conservation. You know, they can pollute less if they if they recycle the water. Uh, individuals, if we just if we just fix the drips in our home, if there's a, a drippy faucet, five minutes a day can use as much energy as leaving on a light bulb, a sixty watt light bulb for fourteen hours. Uh, turn off the tap when you brush your teeth. You save eight gallons of water a day. You know, uh, go to a car wash. I'm not representing the car wash industry, but the car wash car washes. They recycle water and they clean up the water. Oftentimes, we don't realize how how noxious the pollution that we wash off our car is. Um, um, a bathtub takes fifty gallons of water a day. Maybe take a little bit less, take one less bath a, a week, or a little bit shorter shower. The uh, country of Australia is the driest planet on earth, but they have some of the greenest. Um, um, lawns and, and areas that there are, and that's because that they only allow, uh, they, they don't use fresh water, what we're calling the fresh water that you and I can drink. They don't use that for irrigation or for watering their yards. They, they use um, gray water or recycled water that has been cleaned up to a certain degree but not totally um, n- not potable. So there are definitely things that can be done. You were saying one of the major reasons why we have this water problem, the aquashock as you call it, uh, is overpopulation. In the last 50 years, the U.S. population has gone up about 70%. Globally, it's gone up 120%. I mean, it looks like that's going to continue, right? We're continuing to increase the population globally. What, what is the impact of that going to be on the uh, amount of water uh, needed? 
Well, interestingly enough, population has continued to skyrocket, but in the last, um, since the year 2000, since about the year 2000, a little before, water use, maybe in the mid-80s, water use started to level out. So our population is growing, but as there's a growing awareness that we have issues, um, um, water use is kind of leveling out. It's not soaring like it used to. But but that doesn't mean, you know, the biggest problem, of course, is is the water is where the people aren't. In other words, in other words, you have think in the United States. You think think about cities like Albuquerque, growing tremendously. Cities like Albuquerque, um, Denver, Phoenix, um, Tucson, Dallas. These are huge cities that populations continue to skyrocket, and they just also happen to be in arid climates, where in other words, where there's not much water, and so you know you can't very well. Um, you know there are there are plenty of proposals out there to pipe the water to where the people are, but you know they're astronomical costs, and and not to mention so, so um, how are these cities going to be? You know, one place I think of particularly is Las Vegas, you know, which is continuing to build all over the place, and it's basically a desert, and you know they keep building anyway. What, what is the solution for this? Uh, is it getting water to these people, or is it stop building in these places where they don't really have water? I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I'm not really a scientist. I know Las Vegas has done a lot of things, including they're actually, they run cattle. The Las Vegas, the Southern Nevada Water Authority, which serves Las Vegas, uh, runs um, cattle ranches. And, and that has to do with purchasing the ranches. It, it has to do with what the type of um, water law they have, and we have it in many places in the West called prior appropriation. But they purchase the ranches, and they have to keep using the water that's um, the water right, the right to the water that is allocated uh, in order to keep hold on to that right. So they they run cattle ranches so that they can use the water. I mean, in some places they're they're borrowing water from one place and and, re- and injecting it into the ground to replenish an aquifer while they're taking water from somewhere else. Um, the Snake River Valley in Las Vegas have been at odds. They're currently on a hiatus because of some of a legal agreement right now. But there's all kinds of things. I don't know the answers. I mean, people talk about you know towing icebergs from towing icebergs from Alaska down to you know places where the water is not, and then piping it. Well, I had one one very seriously one um, water expert tell me, well, he, they from an engineering standpoint, they could get the iceberg down down the coast, but the question is, how could they stop it? <laughs> and how could you stop an iceberg? I mean, there's all kinds of. I, I was on a, a panel in um, with the Chicago Global Council a couple of weeks ago. I was on the, a panel with a, a policy expert for the state of Michigan, John Austin, and John suggested that perhaps um, um, water is the great job generator of the 21st century, and that it's right for entrepreneurship. There are there are problems and there are solutions, and there are problems from the solutions that haven't even we don't even know yet. And that you know there's so much that people can can do with 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 water in solving these problems. One of the things you also say is that overuse. Uh, not only is the water not where the people are, but the people who have it are using uh, too much. Just tell me what is the, the the size of the problem of overuse of water. Well, I, I, the numbers are somewhat mind-boggling. In the United States alone, we use 408 billion gallons, that's with a B, of water every single day. Um, energy production and delivery, et cetera, takes about half that. Agriculture, livestock take another about 142 gallons. And then the, the re- what's left breaks down to, between mining and manufacturing and, and personal use. As individuals, we use a tremendous amount of water, too, each of us uses 80 to 100 gallons of water every single day. 
just for personal use. I know that sounds high, but but um, it, it's phenomenal. That equals 152 million. Or I'm sorry, 152 tons of water a year that each of us uses for our personal use, and you multiply that times the population of more than 300 million in the United States. That's a lot of that's a lot of water. Um, outside of the United States, it's a little bit different. Uh, there, in the Netherlands, for example, they only use perhaps 27 gallons per person per day. In Gambia and Africa, 1.2 gallons. But that's not to say those places don't have the problems, too. I mean, in Africa, you have tremendous overuse of water for irrigation and, and um, livestock. We have, you have the famous stories of Lake Chad, which 35 years ago was the size of our Lake Erie. Today, it's 120th the size because of overuse. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Susan Mark, who's got a new book out called Aquashock, The Water Crisis in America. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Mark of the Fraud by Royd Head. Hear more at don'tbeanasterisk.com. Brought to you by Ad Council and the U.S. Olympic Committee. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Susan J. Marks, who is a Denver-based writer who's come out with a new book called Aquashock, uh, The Water Crisis in America. Welcome back to the show, Susan. Thank you. Uh, is there a uh, website or some way people can find out more about the book? Uh, gee. <laughs> or maybe the publisher? Yeah, oh, sure. You can, uh, Google Aquashock, and there's, there's lots bit that's been written about it, and there's also, um, I know Amazon has um, some reviews on there. Also, there are a, a number of, um, of book websites, um, have short reviews and and um, and with comments from different people, okay. um, so they Good. can get the information there. All right. So we were talking a little bit about overuse. We were saying how uh, Americans use uh, eighty to one hundred gallons a day, and other countries use a lot less. Uh, are things being done in a major way to prevent overuse and to conserve water uh, more? And what should people do on a practical basis to use less water? I wouldn't say so much that there there are lots of things that people uh, that are being done to. to convince people to um, to use less. Of course, you know, pricing is, is one way that markets um, help people um, control their uses. Uh, water, the, the rates we pay for water uh, have gone up. Uh, the rate, the rate, the agencies that study this, I'll tell you the rates that keep going up, but I've had, I had one person tell me that the price we pay for cell phone service costs lots more than the price we pay for water. We can do without our cell phone service, but not without our water. So, um, do you think prices should rise much more to discourage people from using water? Well, there's still some places in the country that 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 charge base their water rate structure on um, the more water you use, the cheaper it gets. So that that sends some perhaps maybe the wrong message to people. Um, there are other places that have tiered tiered rate structures. Um, um, there are places that start charge for stormwater runoff. We haven't even gotten to pollution issues, but. But um, oftentimes, those kind of—I I had one person ask me, "Well, how do you, how do you get people to pay the, this sort of tax on water? There might be a stormwater runoff fee." Well, I mean, they have to. There is no—you know—El Paso Im- implemented a stormwater runoff fee, and people that had large area expanses of concrete obviously had more stormwater runoff, so they and pollution, so they so they were charged a larger fee, and they protested, but. In the end, they had to pay. So, you know, maybe pricing is one way that you can that you can um, urge conservation. I think, you know, water. We in the United States, we bring it. It's water is an ethical and a moral issue, issue too, uh, to some extent. Can we ask? And I don't know the answer to this. Can we ask people or demand that people pay for something that falls out of the sky? Many people feel that water coming out of the sky, there, um, they have a right to it. Um, uh-huh. If you if you live in the West, though, you may not have the right to it. You don't actually if you take if you put out a pot in some places in the West where there's prior appropriation. There's that laws again. Where there's prior appropriation. If you put out a pot to catch rainwater, um, you're technically breaking the law because you are stealing water, stealing the property of someone that's owned by someone else. That's, <laughs> that's the right to the water. So I mean, here in Colorado, July 1st was the first they instituted. A, a, they're experimenting with letting people. Certain people catch rainwater. I mean, up until then, it had been really illegal to do that. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, it sounds funny, but when you think about it, the reason they have prior, this law of prior appropriation, which that, um, where people have rights to the water, um, it's a very complicated thing. But what, the reason they have it is it was a way to, to um, perhaps it's antiquated today, it was a way to, 
to enable, to encourage people to develop and invest their time and money into what was then the undeveloped West in frontier days. So they had, were guaranteed um, enough water um, out of what was the limited supply of water. So that's where prior appropriation came, came from. But perhaps it's a little bit outdated today. Okay, I want to talk to some other areas here, which is mm-hmm. pollution. Uh, what is the situation? I mean, we've got the Environmental Protection Agencies, which has been around a long time. There's been all kinds of clean water legislation. Is pollution of water getting uh, better or worse, and, and what's being done about it? Well, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, p- people would debate whatever answer I give you. People would debate it because water is a very contentious issue. But um, it's worth noting that pollution is not just man-made. Pollution is natural, too. We have things like arsenic, selenium, radon, radium, uranium, all kinds of, of natural pollutants that, <coughs> pardon me, that occur in the water because the water underground is, is not static. It's moving slowly, and as it goes through various rocks and sediment, it picks up what's there, and there's a lot of this naturally occurring things. And then we have, of course, all the, the industrial chemical, agricultural runoff, human waste, what they call non-point source pollution, which no one even knows where that comes from. Um, I just read a study, like maybe last week or the week before, where they've now determined that, that what you seal driveways with um, creates what they call a certain kind of non-point source pollution. So, so yeah, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Lake Erie's been cleaned up, but there's still... And, but there's still days when the beaches are closed along our coast, even our saltwater beaches. So, you know, we have a long way to go, but that's not to say we aren't better than we were. You know, you know, Congress is debating as we speak changes to the Clean Water Act. Uh huh. So uh, we have we have issues with pollution, um, you know, that have to be taken care of. And again, it's a, it starts with an awareness. If we are aware that things are that things that we do pollute, then perhaps we won't do it as much. You also talk about climate change in the book, and uh, there's obviously a lot of publicity and concern about this, and I guess there's the upcoming uh, Copenhagen, uh, kind of the new Kyoto Treaty. Mm-hmm. Um, how much is that is related to water? I mean, if, if we have the uh, icebergs melting and things warming up, is that going to increase or decrease the amount of water we have? How is it going to affect the whole use of water around the world? Well, you know, we have a, well, the Earth has a, a closed... Uh, hydrologic cycle or water system. In other words, we have the same amount of water inside our atmosphere and our planet that we've had for millions of years and will have for millions more. It's just a question of the purity of the water, you know, the condition of the water. Earth is 97%, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, Earth is 70% water, um, of which only one per- and 97% of that water is saline. There's only, there's less than 1% is the fresh water that we that we have to drink. So um, climate change, some people don't buy into climate change, don't agree that there is climate change. They just say it's natural changes in, the, in, the, in our climate. Um, other people, um, other scientists will say that there is climate change. There is something going on, though, whether you, whether you agree with the term climate change or not. Um, um, if you look at, I had one, um, one individual, talk, reputable scientist, talk to me about whether you believe in climate change or not, the maple trees in Vermont are giving their sap two weeks earlier today um, than they were a number of years ago. Um, I have a great picture, uh, it's, even in, it's in Aquashock, actually, of, of a side-by-side picture taken by the, uh, um, for the U.S. Geological Survey, I believe it was, and it shows the Grinnell Glacier in Montana. In one picture, the glacier's there, and the next picture, the glacier's not. That was in, in um, 
the year uh, 1900 and then 2008. So something's happening. Yeah. How about drought? Is there more drought around the world? Well, I just actually, just before I, 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 I chatted with you, I was looking up at the latest drought um, National Weather Service, NOAA, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Research Agency, has great um, statistics and great um, websites. Uh, and the drought apparently is for September was mixed across the United States. Uh, it's still about, um, according, they say 15% of the contiguous United States, 13% if you include Alaska, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico, is classified as experiencing moderate to exceptional drought at the end of September. Um, you know, I mean, climate does change. Our drought is down somewhat. The, the severe drought is down slightly in parts of the country. <clears throat> but that's not to say that drought is over with. Long-range predictions um, point to, to <clears throat> drought continuing. Um, I've heard that, that climate change actually in some areas of the world increases drought. In other areas of the world, it actually makes things wetter. For example, recently they've been having more than severe uh, monsoons in India and Pakistan and so on, and we just had these typhoons and floods and tsunamis and so on in, in Samoa and all that. Is that what climate change is about? It's kind of shifting where the water is going from. It's less in the drought areas and more in the areas that are already wet to some extent? Yes and no. I mean, you know, Georgia just came off its worst drought, its worst drought, I think, close to its worst drought in recorded history. Mexico's in its worst drought. In, in in history. So, I mean, uh, today Georgia's in flood. So, you know, I, also it's, it's worth noting that a small, even even if you have um, torrential rains that doesn't necessarily, uh, in, over a period, a short period, that doesn't necessarily make up for the used up, the used up um, aquifers and, and, uh, um, and uh, the drought. Uh, you, uh, you know, Florida, take Tampa Bay area. They've had, um, they've had a, a they've had Tremendous drought over the past couple of years. Tampa Bay's primary reservoir, 13 billion gallon um, above ground reservoir, went dry in March. They had to close it. It was dry. No more. And and they've had heavy rains, but then there's more over the summer. They've had rains, but that's not meaning that their drought is over with. I mean, there's problems with infrastructure. That brings up another issue. The dr- they discovered that the, the walls of the reservoir actually have, ha- have cracks in them because of a design flaw, so even if they had enough rain, they, don't have, they can't capture the water and hold it for the drier spells. Uh, um, I've had other water experts tell me, tell me that um, one of the problems with another of our problems that, that leads to um, water issues in the United States are, is our infrastructure. Our reservoirs are built the wrong place or yeah. the wrong size. So there's a lot of problems. Yeah. Okay, we're actually going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Susan Marks, who's written a new book called Aquashock, The Water Crisis in America. Something you haven't heard about a lot and is very, very important to, to learn about further. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Corrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Corrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Mike check, one, two. Big poser coming to you fake yeah. ever. Got no more games since nah. I got with the juice. Uh-uh. No cruising with my friends, they cut me loose. Now my coach is hating, parents keep berating. Good thing my team's still behind me saying. Hey, yo, what happened to my teammates, man? Yo, where y'all at, man? Come on, man. I thought we were family. Ugh, don't be a poser. Hear more at don'tbeanasterisk.com. Brought to you by Ad Council and the U.S. Olympic Committee. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Susan J. Marks, who is a writer based in the Denver area. She's just come out with a new book called Aqua Shock, The Water Crisis in America. Welcome back to the show, Susan. Thank you. We want to talk a little bit about the investment implications. I mean, here you have an enormous problem and also enormous opportunities. Uh, what are some of the ways that people can invest uh, in water, and what are some of the things you would recommend that they do that would benefit from this, and what kind of things are going to get hurt by the, the water crisis? Well, before the break, we were talking uh, briefly about infrastructure. We were talking about reservoirs as one aspect of where the reservoirs were and their size as one aspect of the infrastructure problem. Um, infrastructure also brings up a, a lot of potential for investing. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about is um, the fact that, that um, one of the biggest problems we face with water in the United States particularly is, is infrastructure as in um, our, our water treatment plants that have been built to to take care of 20th century pollutants and not 21st century pollutants. They're antiquated and old and need replacing. And then there's the 700,000 miles of pipes underground that deliver our water. They're hope- Most of them are hopelessly um, um, clogged, and, and we, we hear every, every week we hear about more water main breaks and, and sinkholes and things like that, and that relates to, um, to the infrastructure, to the so, pipes. So what, what are some infrastructure companies that would benefit by uh, fixing those pipes and, and those systems? Companies that, that are involved in the production of, whether it's new technology. I read the other day there's a, there's a, a U.K. company that now has, um, that's come up with a membrane to line the pipes. Um, you know, that kind of 
companies that have those kind of ideas are are um, are good companies. Perhaps could be good companies. It, you get into all kinds of, of issues, though, with with the individual companies, and you know, you pick. I mean, do you have some names of companies you, you think are good in this area who would have a good future? Well, I, I'm not so sure that I know of, of the companies that, if I did, I'd invest in. But but you know, you can. There are several global global investment indexes that follow water related companies. There's the Standard and Poor's Global Water Index. There's the Palisades Water Indexes. There's the International Securities Exchange Water Index. You know, and and there there are big publicly traded companies also, like Veolia, Veolia Water. Um, there's American Water Works. Uh, there's a I just pulled out another company. American Water Works just bought. I know is doing some um, some innovative desalination technology in in partnership with other other companies. It's just a question of 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 you know, trying to figure out what companies um, are so those individual to... companies. Are there some mutual funds or exchange traded funds that would be a play on water? Well, you know, there are some of the bigger ones are Transamerica Premier Institutional, and there's Centennial Mid Cap, and there's Transamerica um, Small Mid Cap. There, there. I mean, there, there are thousands of funds. I, 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 I just, I mean. I'm not an investment advisor. I would suggest that if people are interested in water plays, that they should perhaps talk to their to their investment advisor or 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 do some research on individual company. Uh, something worth noting, though, is I know even with the 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 recent reinvestment act, they were talking for. You would think, okay, so this company is going to profit tremendously by by money that's been allocated um, to repair this and such. Well, it turned out that there were bolts not made in America that needed to be used for this particular project. So it was on hold pending um, because they couldn't get approval to use non-American-made parts, and they finally got it from the EPA. They got a special dispensation. So there are all kinds of little nuances. Plus, I had one um, investment advisor who's been in the business for many years tell me, you know, you're not going to see water as a as the next great commodity next door to pork bellies and things because water is more readily available, say, than pork bellies and things like that. So there's, there's, different, there's different aspects to the water equation as well as we haven't even gotten to the, to the ethics and moral issue of the right to water. So, so those are some of the beneficiaries, the infrastructure companies, the pipeline companies. Who would be some companies, just generically, mm-hmm. that would get hurt by the, uh, the, the lack of water or the water wars you're talking about? You know, who is vulnerable being hurt by the, the trends we have here? Well, you know, drilling companies. I mean, it takes water to drill, I would think. Um, um, companies that, um, you know, I mean, you look at California right now uh, where you have the farmers, people involved with, with farming and food. They're, you know, prices are rising. They're hurting because we have, a, we have um, water problems. They have water problems or water shortages. Um, um, you know, I wish I was more of a, I'm not, you're more of the investment advisor than I am, but I, but I do think that there's, I mean, the, the price tag to replace the infrastructure, meaning the pipes and things in the United States alone is, goes up into the trillion, into, the, into more than a trillion dollars. So where there is, where there is that kind of potential spending, and it has to be done, we don't have any choice, there's that kind of potential spending, there's tremendous opportunity for, for Financial gain. Yes, you just have to pick, pick, choose wisely. So you think some of the companies you mentioned and some of the infrastructure companies would be the best way to do that, and some yeah, or the innovative technology companies. I think that it, it, the, the, it's such a mind-boggling amount of money that is required to 
fix all these things wrong with our water, that if a company comes up with an innovative technology to make it easier or, or streamline the process, I mean, one of the other, you know, one of the other issues with our infrastructure is replacing the pipes isn't that simple because when the pipes were originally laid, that means those pipes, they crisscross underneath all the cities and towns and everything else. When they were originally laid, there was nothing on top of the surface. And so it may be that that trillion-dollar price tag is, is a drop in the bucket. I mean, you can't replace every single, I mean, you have to, but you can't replace every single pipe underneath, you know, across the st- city of Washington, D.C., hundreds of millions of dollars to replace a small amount of pipes because they were made of lead. Is um, the, uh, the uh, stimulus bill got a lot of money in it for uh, water uh, infrastructure? There are hundreds of billions of dollars in the, in the water infrastructure bill, or in, the, in the bill, in the Reinvestment Act, that is allocated for infrastructure. Um, billions of dollars of that goes is for water infrastructure, but it's just a drop in the bucket. I mean, this is a, 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 a problem that is, all, is almost beyond realization. It's so, it's so huge. I mean, is it understood? I mean, do the politicians understand the size of the problem, what needs to be done, and, and what laws are, are going to be happening as a result of that? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, um, I, I think they ought to, but whether they do or not, you know, that remains to be seen. I, it's, it's, apparently there's talk of a national water czar. Is that something you're going to be running for, apparently? <laughs> well, if you want health care to look like a tea party... <laughs> The healthcare debate to be a, a, a tea party with ninety-year-old ladies, then you then you should um, then mention taking control of water to the national level because taking control of the water, although that might be a solution, and I've had people suggest that in some way, shape, or form, we're going to have to get at least a discussion on the national level. You know, there, water is personal. Water, we have to have it to live. Water is local. It's always been that way. Uh, water is regional. It's state. It, there's so many hands in the in the pie. Uh, federally, there's more than 20 organizations that that are have their hand in water alone, just on the federal level. So, people don't people that don't have water don't want to give up the right to maybe having some say over their water if they ever get it. People that have the water don't want to give it up. I mean, it's a very it's a it's a very, very contentious issue, and it's are, a fight. And that makes the investment uh, in it all the more difficult, all the more, takes all the more research on your part. Are other countries handling it better? A country like Israel, but that's a much smaller country. Now, they do a great job, I'm told, with, from what I understand, with, with their water, but it's, it's handled on a national level. But they're much smaller, and, and you know, they're not, I mean, we are, we are, we are a, a, a state's rights country when it when it comes to water because this goes back to our frontier days yeah you know we're sure. not going to people just people just don't willing to give up their the right to water and you have people you have the fights over the battles are over going on and history tells us that without water um anarchy ensues and civilizations uh, fall apart so is that what you're predicting? Is that, uh, that I'm not, I'm not saying, so I'm not saying that, that all is doom and gloom. I mean, people are doing things to, to improve the situation with water, but, but we do need to wake up and recognize that we do have issues with water or, or we will um, end up really fighting over it, with, just fighting over it. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, are, are there some specific laws uh, that are coming that people should be expecting? that will make more rational use of water and everything you've been talking about needing to be done? Well, they're, they're, they're bringing back some of the, the stricter Clean Water Act, clean water laws. Um, I, I'm not um, 
I don't know what's going to end up being um, the the gist of it all, but but eventually you're going to have to have. There's going to be more, probably going to be more more fees and tariffs for water use. There's going to be more um, um, limitations, possibly even. I mean, there have to be. We can't just keep. I had a hydrologist tell me, talk to me about one time he was flying. He was flew over Phoenix not very long ago, and he looked down and he saw there he was this huge city in the middle of the desert with everybody with a swimming pool in their backyard. That's tens of thousands of gallons of water in each one of those swimming pools, and it's going to take some rethinking. We can't grow water-intensive crops in the in the desert. We have to try to grow crops that that um, that will use less water. Um, you'll see more of what we call out here xeriscaping, where that's use of native plants on your there native plants that use less water. Um, um, there are there are cities like you brought up, Las Vegas, or cities about like Las Vegas that pay people to um, to um, take up their green their green grass yards in the desert and instead put in native plants. Um, and it not only saves tremendous amounts of, wa- of money on the water bill, it saves the, it saves the water. Um, there are cities in the Northwest that pay people to to disconnect water from um, their their um, drain spouts from the sewer systems. Um, that can, there was one city, I believe it was Portland, that saved a, over a billion gallons of water a year. So things are being done that are positive, you're saying. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not the end, doom and gloom of civilization, but, you know, we, we are going to have to, there are going to have to be lifestyle changes. Uh, you know, in, in, in Australia, there are certain places that limit people to four-minute four showers, four-hour, four-minute showers. That would be a, a, a yeah. for sure. Very good. All right, we're going to go to a break and we get our, get our four-minute shower in here. Uh, <laughs> um, my guest this hour is Susan Marks, whose new book is called Aquashock, The Water Crisis in America. We'll be back after this. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Think of the world 50 years ago. 
Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Susan J. Marks, who is a financial writer based in the Denver area. Her latest book is called Aquashock, The Water Crisis in America. Welcome back to the show, Susan. Thank you. Why don't you just briefly tell people uh, you know, why they should get this book and, and how important this whole situation is and how it's going to arm them to be ready for what's coming in the water world. Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, solving the problems, and there are multiple problems, starts with understanding and admitting that they exist. And I think that, that what Aquashock does, what I wrote it to do, and I think what, and what people have told me that it does is, is truly give you a pretty, a, 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 an unbiased, because um, I have no ulterior motive in writing the book, I have no, no agenda other than information. Um, it, it, it gives you a look at just how serious the water problems we all, we all face today, and, and it gives an overview of it. And I think what that does is once, is once you understand what some of the problems are, it, it helps you become a more informed investor when it comes to water. So you can make wiser decisions. They're not sure that there is anybody out there that can tell you, oh, this is the next great investment when it comes to water, because there are so many, lots of, of organizations, lots of companies have little bits and pieces of the water pie. But I think by understanding, and I think by understanding better what some of the issues are, you can make more informed decisions as an investor. You know, I not only tell you about the problems in the book, I, I also talk about how some of, some companies, how some organizations, how some people, what they're doing to solve some of the issues. Um, one, and, one particular area is pollution. Uh, we talked about before. What are some of the things that's being done to crack down on pollution to uh, prevent it uh, being as big a problem as it has been in the past? Well, I think that I think that you're probably particularly in areas like um, you know we didn't talk about the Great Lakes Compact. That's a that's a relatively recently passed um, treaty uh, compact between the United States and Canada and the provinces and states. That, that border the Great Lakes and are, are affected by its watershed, the area that drain that the Great Lakes drain, and you know this is a, a, a very rare and very good um, attempt at consensus to do with water. Consensus is very rare, but what they do, what they what they're using the compact, what the compact was designed to do, and it's and it's and you know there's pro, people are going to fight and say no, it's not working or it's too weak. But what so far what it's done, it's gotten people to sit down, people who have very different. Um, um, ideas and very different problems and everything to sit down and talk about what some of the issues are and at least aware there's an awareness of the issues. I know President Obama um, recently appointed Great Lakes Water Czar per se, a person to oversee some of the decisions to do with the Great Lakes. Um, you know, that's a sample of what can be done when people sit down. Some of the, the there are quasi government organizations that are that are watershed or water basin areas um, that you know the Potomac River water 
the inner, I think it's the Interstate Potomac River Water Commission or whatever. I may have bangled that name, but there are organizations. The first thing to do is sit down, get the disparate groups to sit down um, and discuss what some of the issues are to do with the water that they all share, because we all have to share. There's this limited amount of water, and acting unilaterally doesn't solve the problem. I mean, the United States, um, the California... Um, or the All-American Canal, which brings water from the Colorado River to Southern California. For years, um, thousands of, tens of thousands of Mexican farmers just across the border have been ca- counted on seepage from under the canal um, for their livelihood, for their farms. And unilaterally, just this past year, the United States dedicated a new and improved concrete-lined um, um, All-American Canal well, so much for the Mexican farmers and their livelihood. You know, now they're just out of luck. That kind of action to do with to do with water isn't going to cut it. I mean, we have to. We all have to work a, together. On a global basis, I mean, we're doing a lot of things here. Are other countries uh, paying as much attention to these issues and stopping pollution and using water more rationally, or is there more waste and, and pollution going on around the world? Well, you know that's hard to say. I would probably say that there's there's it's it's worse in other in many other countries, not all countries, but in many other countries. I mean, if you're in the Netherlands, where water is, you know, you live and die by water because the Netherlands is below sea level. But 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 there are countries that that you know, in Russia, for example, um, Lake Baikal, which is the um, the largest freshwater lake in the world, it's twenty holds twenty percent of the freshwater on Earth. And it's been under siege for years by pollution from a, a paper mill on the banks of the, the river. Coincidentally, you know, a prominent Russian billionaire owned the, the, the mill, and despite their national outcry, it wasn't until last year that the mill finally closed. But now there's a there's a uh, a, um, a nuclear waste disposal facility upriver from the lake, and now and a joint U.S.-Russian academic study came out and said that the lake's ecosystem has already been damaged by climate change. So you know. I, in, in in Southeast Asia, we have the Mekong River. Uh, you know, it's it's a receptive. It's a tens of millions of people count on that river. Yet, yet, um, it's also receptacle for human and industrial waste. The 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 river's um, Irrawaddy freshwater dolphins are at risk of extinction, according to a, a World Wildlife Fund study. So you know, the the world has a lot of a lot of problems. Not just uh, we aren't we certainly aren't alone. Um, no. So. I would, one more thing would be with China. Uh, I mean, China, you think of having this huge amount of pollution and uh, coal and so on. Is, what, what is going on with the, the water situation in China? I don't think you even want to go there. The water situation in China is 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 incredible. They, I was reading last week, I believe it was, about about some horrendous pollution, to water pollution to do up in, in China. I mean, at some point we're just going to have to, but it's not to say it's not better than it was. I mean, every year there's World Water Day in March where countries get together and talk about water issues. You know, it's worth noting that 17% of the, the world's population does not, still does not have access to fresh water. Wow. I mean, you know that. So you know, maybe there's an uh, maybe there's an opportunity for investment there, providing cheap, inexpensive means to to access water for 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 third world countries. You know, there's all kinds of opportunity. As John Austin told me, this you know this is this is it for the 21st century. This he thinks that this is going to be one of you know a tremendous job generator and a tremendous. Um, so what, what, as we close the show here, why don't we kind of go the optimistic route and the pessimistic route. Let's start with the optimistic route. In, in your most positive way of looking at it, 
what could be done to get the whole water situation under control in a, in a positive way uh, going forward? For, to begin with, for people to think about and recognize that we do have issues with water so that they wake up and that immediately... We need to stop to think about it. I mean, since I wrote this book, I, I turn the water off when I, um, when I um, brush my teeth. I take one shower less. You know, I don't wash the car at home. I take it to a car wash. I know I keep bringing these, but these are like really easy things. You know, I happen to live in Colorado where we're used to water, water rationing. So, you know, you don't water the yard every single day. You know, I, I stick well, out. That's a positive. Well, we I have about stick a minute out left. flowers instead of watering them. <laughs> on, the, on the negative side, if, if we do not deal with these issues, what could happen in, in the 21st century uh, because of the water problems? I don't know how fast, but the water will eventually run out. I mean, we have a finite supply. We have overuse. We have, um, so finite supply plus plus growing demand equals shortage and conflict over what's left. I mean, that's, that's, that is the equation, period. There is no other alternative. There is no other answer to that. I'm sorry to be, but in, in total pessimism, you know, just like civilizations of the southwestern United States, of Central and South America, when the water runs out, what do you do? So overall, since you're the expert on water and you're talking about Aquashock, are you pretty much optimistic or pretty much pessimistic as to how it's going to work out for the rest of the century? Well, I think in the United States that we'll wake up to it and we'll struggle through it because we're we're an educated people and we and we are we're aware you know we fight over the environment versus industrial needs but there's a happy medium somewhere and I think we'll come up with a happy medium but we really and truly must pay attention or or we will we'll run out just like everybody else. And then how about on a global basis? I don't know globally. You know, the United Nations would like to think, and, and their people talk about, you know, there, there's tremendous effort. Google water and, and, and shortage and drought, and there's a tremendous amount going on worldwide to, to make a difference. But that's not to say we don't have, you know, a tremendous amount more to go. But there is an awareness, and there are attempts to, and many very successful attempts to, to make a difference in the, in the world's water supplies. Very because, good. All right, well, it's been fascinating. Again, if you want to find out more, uh, listeners, the... Susan Marks' book is called Aquashock, The Water Crisis in America. The publisher is uh, Bloomberg Press. It really gives you a good up-to-date view on what's happening with the water crisis, not only domestically but around the world. Obviously a very important issue going forward. Thanks so much for coming on to the show, Susan. Thank you very much for having me, Jordan. I appreciate it. Thank you, and we'll be back again with you next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.